Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. Spiritual musings, sometimes amusing. I'm Tracy. And I'm Laura. Welcome back to another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. It's a very special episode, isn't it, Tracy? It is because we have a threesome happening for this episode. <laughs> oh, <Ooh>. there is <laughs> another screen on our little Zoom chat, and it is a very, very wonderful, wonderful person that we'd like to introduce you to. Yeah, so we have Emma Vigeon. So Emma is an Australian astrologer, meditation teacher and journalist. Her fascination with the stars began as a child, despite being chastised for being the world's most untidy Virgo by her mother. (laughs) In 2018, after working as an editor in entertainment and lifestyle magazines for more than a decade, she followed her intuition and retrained in astrology, tarot, meditation and yoga. The same year, she founded The Wayward, an online magazine for spiritually curious millennials, which FYI is how I came into contact with Emma. Emma is passionate about making esoteric practices accessible and fun. She loves to weave music, fashion and pop culture into conversations about life, death and everything in between. She's obsessed with vintage shopping, hot sauce, and would like to be reincarnated as a professional musician. She lives in Sydney with her Libra and daughter, Sagittarian husband, and Scorpio as fuck cat. <laughs> all right. I have so many questions just from your bio, Emma, seriously. First of all, hot sauce. Yep. Yep. Hot sauce <laughs> is um, life. It runs through my veins instead of blood, I think. Um <laughs> When my daughter was born, I was presented with a bouquet of hot sauce because the hospital wow. didn't have any. And there's pictures of her as a, like a baby with there's hot sauce behind us. So, um, yeah. Did she come I, out with red hair? She actually did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just really, really love chili. I, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, Look I'm thinking about face. that now. Yeah, talking about it. about it like you're like as if you talk about it, a child. I just really <laughs> love chili. <laughs> it's very special to me. I travel with Tabasco sauce. Of course, it's hilarious. Do. Yeah, I love how that that's the first fact that we've clung on to for Emma. <laughs> considering what well, we've got Emma here to chat about, it's suddenly just gone to hot sauce, and so that's well, cool. hot sauce in your bio. It's got to be special. Like it's even mentioned before anything about being a mother. Or anything about being anything other. <laughs> it's hot sauce. Yeah. And so the last thing I want to do before we like literally pick your brain for the next hour or so is I'm married to a Scorpio, which you already know because you've done my natal chart, which we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is your cat like my mat? Do you have a Matt cat, which you don't know this, but we have a bit of a thing with our listeners where Matt, Laura and I are both married to a Matt. Mm. And so whenever anyone who is a listener who has a Matt, we like to know that they have a Matt. And so most of our listeners will say, I have a Matt too. And when we did our um, in, uh, in-person meet and greet just before COVID lockdown, we told everyone that you needed to bring your own Matt. And so it's become this kind of thing where everyone has a Matt. So is your Scorpio cat like my Scorpio mat? Well, prepare to have your minds <laughs> fucking blown. I'm Uh-oh. dropping the F-bomb within the first five minutes. I'm really sorry. You're our girl. 
Um, my husband is also called Matt. So, oh. boom. My boom. <laughs> I have my own Matt. Wow. Yeah. Of so, course. Of course his yeah. name is Matt. And, of course, I'm here talking to you guys. I mean, it just yep. makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh, um, that's so cool. Oh, that has just made it so much more cool. You've just gone so much higher in my coolness factor. <laughs> <laughs> How did you not know that? How did you not even talk so about good. that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think I usually talk about my husband in readings, or I try not oh. to name him at least. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming out no, now, just, but that's super just, cool. Emma, I can't believe. <laughs> well, actually, I can believe that because it makes total sense. Yeah, totally. Um, but to answer your question, is my cat like your mat? Well, <laughs> um, my cat when I say is very Scorpio, she just doesn't do anything she doesn't want to do. She has very distinct likes and dislikes. Yeah. Um, including using the kitty litter, you know, that's kind of an optional thing <laughs> it's for optional. her. Wow. That's she's, unusual for cats. Yeah. She's, she's, um, she's a funny one. So um, <laughs> I'm hoping that your husband is not like my cat in that sense. <laughs> No, he likes to use the kitty litter. He uses the tray. <laughs> well I hope he's that. a bit cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm keeping it. I'm like studying low. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. That's what the show's all about. <laughs> my mind's gone off on, and my mind's gone off on so many tangents about cats that just had nothing to do with kitty litter, but we won't go there. So otherwise we'll be here all night. Um, Okay, so <laughs> we have you here for we 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 would probably do like twenty episodes, like a whole season with yeah. you. To be honest, um, I think we should. <laughs> we both have. <laughs> um, we have so many questions for you, but I guess what we really um why I really wanted to have you on and why I sat there just going, oh my God, I'm so nervous about your response, and it was so quick to be like, yes, 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 and I was like, yes, um. We really would love our listeners to be able to kind of just get the kind of knowledge that they now have about psychic abilities and mediumship abilities really kind of around the astrology, specifically around the natal chart. Yeah, natal charts really and whatever else you feel as though we have time for. Um, but if we can start at natal charts, we thought that might make sense because we all seem to be fairly familiar with horoscopes. Um, and then a natal chart really, you know, paints a tapestry around that. Would you say, I don't know, in my, in my vocabulary, anyhow. That is exactly how I describe it. That is so weird that you have used that analogy. So after, you know, you have gotten kind of invested in reading your horoscopes, um, I guess the, the next step in your astrology journey is to look at your birth chart. Um, and I always describe your birth chart as kind of the difference between that and reading a horoscope is like, I don't know, um, going to Warner Brothers movie world and seeing like an impersonator do like the lethal weapon show versus like then going and seeing the movie in 3D. Like okay. everything is kind of more nuanced and more exciting and more personal when you start to look at your birth chart. It's like just completely different 
or I guess it would be like, you know, listening to something on a crackly AM radio, which would be reading a horoscope versus, you know, going and seeing a live gig of, sure. of the band and yeah, and seeing the song you. played live, you know, like it's visceral and it's real mm. and you're there. You can feel it. Yeah. And so, but what actually is a natal chart is a really good question. And it is a picture of the sky, a map of the sky from the moment that you were born. And so as astrologers, we prescribe to this idea of as above, so below, which is, you know, a a phrase that's bandied around a lot in esoteric circles. I'm sure you've probably spoken about it before. Yeah, especially everyone turns out she's a witch. That's what Shannon likes to say. Uh Uh-huh. So there's this idea that the energies that were kind of playing out between the planets the moment you took your first breath give us this incredible kind of map and guide to who you are as a person. And so we look at this map, the, the birth chart, the natal chart, and we can use it as almost like an instruction manual for your life. So imagine how much easier life would be if you actually came with an instruction manual so that you could troubleshoot <laughs> things when stuff goes wrong. Like, like, oh, I know which page to turn to. Yeah. And that's what a birth chart is. Wow. It is a manual. It explains why you are the way you are, the way that you do things, everything from your relationship with money to the sorts of people you're attracted to to where you came from and it also speaks to us about what you've come here to learn and so I get really excited working with clients because we basically use their chart to troubleshoot whatever it is that they're going through and then empower them to make more informed choices and feel like I guess they have yeah a sense of control and illumination around what's really going on when I had my natal chart done, um, when you were just talking about how it's like listening to um, FM station and then being able to hear it and it becomes more like it's on steroids, it kind of felt to me like, um, like that analogy was perfect in terms of it's like listening to a live band but singing the song to you, about you, for you, it's like, oh, my God, this song is, it's like the the person who's written it and the person that's singing it, the lead singer, the hot front dude, is is like singing to you and it's only you and him in the room and you're getting everything about you. And that's what, it, you know, in a very romantic, wooey kind of like <laughs> not Tracy way at all. And I will not just say that I connected to my 16-year-old self going and watching Marilyn Manson at all, believing oh, 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 my God, you, you just answered my question. I was like, who are, which show are we at and who is singing to you? I need to know. I'm disappointed in her choice. I'm delighted. I am oh. here for Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I'm here for it. Well, when when they when I found out they did a cover of my favorite song in the world, who my son is named after, that was like the clincher for me, and I was obsessed. Which is? Can you guess? No. Sweet dreams. Oh, by so, Rhythmics. So, so my but, son's my son's name is Luca Lennox. After oh, okay. Lennox. That's like I was like sweet dreams, yeah. but then like is he called Marilyn. sweet or is he called dreams? <laughs> <laughs> 
Maryland. Maryland. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and with the with that whole, I love the that it's so easy to understand that it's like a a picture of the sky from when you were born. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like I kind of had this like cross out the word sky in my mind and I wrote universe. It was really kind of I don't know, a part of me just went, no, it's like a picture of the universe when you're born and you take your first breath. So when when we think about that, because in astrology, obviously there's a lot of planets and stuff too. So is it the sky and the universe? Uh, it's just our solar system that we okay. that we look at with your birth chart. But I do love that idea of thinking about it in a universal sense. I think one of the things that is so... Um, powerful about astrology, particularly when you get your birth chart read, is that it is really makes you feel very legitimate. Um, There's this sense that you're part of something bigger and it gives you that kind of feeling of connectedness to something bigger, which I know sounds very woo, but um, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful in that way. It's life affirming, I think. Just to see yourself reflected back when I can sit and look at something and describe you having never met you, that's life affirming. Absolutely. Yeah. Without the woo, it doesn't have to be wooey at all. Like it's it's very similar to psychic readings in terms of what I know about people, about their past, their present, and their future. It's affirming because I don't know you, but I know every not everything but I know all of this information about your past your present why you're here and what your potential is for the future and it's the same kind of concept I guess yeah totally and so with the natal chart what do when you when someone gives you information what kind of information are you looking for for that for you to create their natal chart So um, obviously we need your date of birth um, and really ideally you need your time of birth. Now that's really the thing that can be a real clincher for a lot of people because it's not something that's recorded on our birth certificates in Australia. So it takes a little bit of research, a bit of interviewing mum and dad, aunties and uncles, like anyone who was kind of around that might be able to um, give you a read on that. Some hospitals do keep um, like a birth log book and you can put in a request to see if they can drag them out of archives and tell you what time you were born. Um, I actually did that last year and found out that I was not born when my mum told me I was, which was oh, wow, mind-blowing. For me, I was just like, who even am I? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been massive for you. My whole life has been a lie. I've been living a lie. I have been living a lie. Um, but, uh, yeah, so your time of birth is really important and that gives us your rising sign. Without your time of birth, I can only really do your sun sign and an estimate of your moon sign. Um, And what else do I need to know? Well, where you were born as well, because that will also change your um, rising sign and the picture of your chart. So I should tell you, oh, I'll stop there. Okay. Well, just for listeners as well, I found out my time of birth from the little, um, 
it's like the little piece of cardboard that they have at the top of the crib when they when that you that you get all bundled up in and it's just got baby girl of Jackie um Tracy born at this time this time this time with the baby girl and the little bear with the pink bow and everything <laughs> so my number my time was on that that I found so if you've got one of those or you can if your mum knows that she's kept one or someone knows that they've kept one maybe look out for that because that will probably have it on there and so you talk about now you're talking about rising moon um and sun mm-hmm. so explain rising and then moon and sun and what kind of um roles moon and sun play sure so um the rising sign is the sign that was rising at the time of your birth um and what that represents in terms of your kind of personality is the way you kind of project yourself into the world and the the way that other people see you so the rising sign is really fascinating because oftentimes we feel one way on the inside, which is usually the moon, which I'll get to in a second. And the rising sign is the way people perceive us. So straight away, when you start to understand your rising sign, you can just have these incredible light bulb moments where you're like, oh, that's funny because people always say that I seem really confident or outgoing (laughs) or I love to party and I fucking hate parties and just want to (laughs) like... stay at home and be a hermit. That's, that's a rising sign to kind of disconnect with what else is going on in your chart. Now, some people have the same sun, moon and rising. So they'll have this like very consistent vibe. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to like <laughs> call it that's out. That's me, but... everyone. I'm Gemini, oh, Gemini, Gemini. Definitely <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> so like there's, there's no confusion there. Um, but is, you get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> what you see is what you get. If you're someone um, that it kind of like runs into issues, for instance, at work where people are kind of responding to you in a certain way and you just can't understand it, looking at the rising sign can be really, really interesting because you're like, oh, everyone thinks I'm a cold, hard bitch, but actually <laughs> I am a cuddly teddy bear. I'm just using mm. myself as an example there. Oh, um, I can't imagine anyone thinking you of a cold, hard bitch. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so what's Laura? What's her rising? So her rising sign is Sagittarius. So what does that mean? So very outgoing. Um, usually um, very confident. Um, this is how social. I appear. <laughs> this, this is how you come across. Right. Self-assured, <laughs> confident. Um, confident in your beliefs um, and yeah you're actually who I was thinking of when I was thinking like loves to party Sagittarius in general is usually pretty pretty down to party give a give a mm. half a glass of wine and she's oh, yeah. everything you just said <laughs> before right. that half a glass of wine which is extremely vital in that equation <laughs> in the she's mix. not that <laughs> yes it's interesting isn't it but I do often get especially at work you know you have to have a a fairly professional face on you and there's certain amount of um, behaviour that you have to have, but definitely different once you get to know me compared to what people see when they first meet me, for sure. Mm. Yes. And so the moon sign, just to like build on this and and do a little reading for you at the same time. Oh, why not? So so the moon sign is really about your emotional kind of landscape. 
Uh-huh. So this is like how you're feeling on the inside. This is how you process emotions and experiences and make sense of them on a very kind of like subliminal subconscious level. Okay. So it's your emotional reaction to the world and you have your moon in Pisces, which is super duper sensitive, really intuitive um, and very, very compassionate. So whilst your facade is mm-hmm. like, I don't give a fuck, like, like, <laughs> like I'm totally confident and cool with it and like it's just all water off a duck's back, internally you're, you actually feel things on a very deep level. Mm. And so well, you're such a moon. <laughs> I imagine that people could probably be quite direct and maybe hurt your feelings without realizing it. And you wouldn't necessarily show it. Is that something you can evolve with and grow with? Like I I think that I was definitely like that um, when I was a little bit more immature and younger, Mm -hmm. but I'm definitely more aware of it, not in that sense. Um, But, yeah, definitely have become more aware that I can be sensitive. So, you know, I've done a lot of work in the last few years and, um, I almost don't mind that I'm sensitive because that sort of brings something up in me that I can work with. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's one of my like favorite things to talk about. And like, I just need to not get on my soapbox right now. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. <laughs> this like, show is kind of dedicated really, to you. So <laughs> really get so cross when sensitivity is leveled at people as a weakness. It's, it's oh, a yeah. superpower. Yeah. Like it, what are you if not sensitive? Like it's what makes us human, but that's just, you know, it's different when you, when you're sensitive and you're a victim or when you're sensitive and you can do a bit of work and then realize it's not really about you. It's about them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. You're really like Lara, like you, you're so spot on there and with, with Lara in her moon sign and, but Lara's worked out, I think I've seen her in the last few years, just become really gentle with herself, with that side of herself. Like she's just gentle. She doesn't judge herself about it. She's not really saying it's a bad thing or a good thing. She's just gentle. And she's brought in lots of rituals that are of the spiritual nature and just just things to be able to hold that part of her to really nurture and be gentle with her moon. Beautiful. That's exactly how you work with your moon. Aww. It's interesting that you point all that out in that way because it's just stuff that, you know, you just do to make yourself feel good but you don't really know why. But when you hear mm. Tracy describing it that way, of course that's why. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And that's what the moon is all about. The moon is all about everything that is unseen. It's the subconscious. It's things that are below the surface. It's our intuition. Mm-hmm. I mm. love that. Mm-hmm. And and the sun. sun, the sun is the one that everyone knows, right? That's the thing that you read sun with your sign. horoscopes. Yeah. So they're written around your sun sign. And Why do they call it a star sign, not a sun sign? Um, well, yeah, because it's the zodiac that they're named after, right? Yeah. I, and it's the star constellation, right? I don't know. I guess so, yeah. But hmm. anyway, the horoscopes are always kind of like pegged to your sun sign. And the sun in astrology is, you know, really important because it's like the key luminary and it describes everything that the moon is not 
So it's our consciousness. It's our kind of yang um, life force and our vitality and the things that light us up and drive us. So if you think about the role that the sun plays in our life normally, especially like in the context of lockdown, right? You're not getting a lot of sun. Mm. You know, people get sick when they don't get enough sun. We need sunshine. Sun is like crucial to farming and um, our ecosystem and it's it's a life giver and that's really what the sun is in astrology. So the sun is usually the thing that people know because that's like the season that you were born in. So the sun will be in a sign for, um, you know, about a month every year. And so that's the one that people kind of reach for. But a hot tip, if you do read horoscopes and you look up your rising sign, start reading for your rising sign rather than your sun sign. And without getting too technical, um, <laughs> it will basically make the horoscope a lot more personalized to you. What if they're all Ooh. the same? then you just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> what if Less I tell confusion. everyone? I think I told you, Emma, I can't remember if I did about my father-in-law. Oh, I don't know whether you did. So my father-in-law is an 87-year-old Maltese man mm-hmm. um, and he's a journalist, ex-journalist and politician yep. and a very, very educated, uh, beautiful, beautiful man. But he founded a newspaper and it still exists today. Um, and he, before that newspaper, he worked for another newspaper. I'm not going to name what it was, but he worked for another newspaper and he was hired as the astrologist for the newspaper. And so he would make up <laughs> the astrology <laughs> for the newspaper this is like back in the 50s oh my and it goodness was like to look at my to think about my father-in-law like I might even put a photo up of him he uh, when maybe he ask him this, first I not, it's still yeah I will it still makes me giggle uh, he would love it it would still it still makes me giggle to think about him if you met him writing the horoscopes <laughs> like just the things that he would have come up with he's just oh like yeah goodness. I just made stuff up oh my goodness does that make your toes curl Emma it does make me a bit sad it does make me a bit sad yes I'm not gonna lie well I think it shows also the difference in times now though yeah I mean we've come a long way and you know um there's a lot more people who are interested in astrology and take it very seriously but it's a lot more legitimized it's still kind of a lot of people still balk at it yeah yeah when I tell people what I do, they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do they make that face? Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do you not have like a, a, a few different things that you say depending on who you're talking to? I do. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But luckily I have about 70 different jobs, so I'm just like, which one, which one. one suits today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of being a slashy. Yeah, but that's slushy. I've never heard it like that before. <laughs> slushy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Laura's sun sign is Libra. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at Libra, Pisces, and what was the other one? Sagittarius. Sagittarius. When you look at Libra, Pisces, and Sagittarius, how do they work together to become you? I mean, they're all very 
different. Um, so you've got water, air, and fire in there. Um, so that could manifest as feeling um, pulled in many different directions, um, but it could also manifest in a wonderful sense of balance because you have got all of those elements kind of represented in your big three. Um, but it's really difficult for me to say without kind of digging deeper into the other planets in your chart. Yeah, um, you need hours. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, well, that's totally understandable. We'll, we'll do that so we don't have to put everybody else through it as well, I, I reckon. I can't wait to spend some time with you. <laughs> when when you talk about the natal chart as well, like there's a, um, a ruling planet. So I know mm -hmm. mine's Mercury. Mm -hmm. So what does the ruling planet have to do in the natal chart? So the ruling planet is kind of in some forms of astrology is said to like represent you. It's kind of like steering your ship. Um, but it also kind of means that you kind of move through the world in a way that is um, consistent with the qualities and attributes of that planet. So it's kind of like the captain of your team, so to speak. So Mercury is all about the mind and communication. Um, and it's really at its heart, I guess, about the transmission of ideas and bringing something down and out and sharing it with the world, which so is that's exactly what you do. Rolling planet <laughs> then, I'm guessing. Yeah. As a Gemini, Gemini, Gemini. So it's very clear. <laughs> yep, clear, precise. Um, and I would hazard a guess probably prone to being um a little bit anxious um, and just getting stuck in your head. Do you know, I don't think I've ever experienced anxiety aside from two panic attacks I had when I was younger and mm -hmm. it was purely because I couldn't breathe that I had the panic attacks because I have a bit of claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can't tell you that I've ever experienced anxiety, but I am always in my head but I don't yeah. think I'm anxious about it I wouldn't think being in my head is a sign of anxiety mm -hmm. is it um I guess it's whether or not you are happy to be in your head well I not am everyone I is. just have well I'm a Gemini so I have about 52 people in my head <laughs> <laughs> it's a party <laughs> that's the party girl right there spirit so when I'm yeah, I think that when I'm in my head and I, like, ask Laura, like, do I go into my head? <laughs> yeah, for days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for but days on She's end. gone. She's gone. <laughs> MIA. Yep. Um, but I'm not by myself. Like, I literally am not by myself and I've never been by myself. I've always had a very vocal um, friend group in my head. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably very aware, but, you know, on somebody else, it might definitely manifest as anxiety. You've just yeah, got a handle maybe. on it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so the ruling planet 
Um, Because I know when you did my natal chart, that was one of the things that I really loved the way that you described it. It was so easy for me to understand with the whole the captain of the team. Yeah. It's kind of like Mercury is she's she's or he's the one that's going to basically um, moderate and um, and manage all of you to be the person that you are. Totally. That's exactly it. It's so cool. (laughs) Better than I could have said it myself. (laughs) Well, apparently I I do remember one thing um, that we talked about. Well, I think I'm remembering this right. Um, Having Mercury as your ruling planet can mean that you um, kind of notice Mercury retrograde more than other people. But from memory, you're like, whatever, like bring it on. Doesn't even touch you. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So this is another thing that's really interesting about astrology. And I always like to like preface this um, point, which is that your birth chart, really think of it like an ingredient list in a recipe. So it, you know, in a recipe, you'll have a bunch of ingredients, flour, water, eggs, and yes, you could make bread, but you could also make pasta, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Ask Laura. Uh, you can make a cake if you had some sugar. It's what you do with it, love. So the birth chart is the same thing. It's not kind of a fait complete, like everyone that has this exact combination is going to come out the same way and it's going to manifest the same way. There's a whole myriad of different dishes that could come out from this birth chart and this blend of energies. And so I think that that's kind of really beautiful as well. Because you've got your spirit in there. Mm-hmm. It's unique. You can't have, otherwise we would all just be walking a cookie cutter experience. Totally. Mm. And I talk about with um, psychic work, um, I talk about ingredients quite a lot with the free will that we have to live our past, present and our future. It's about the ingredients that, that you give the universe via your human experience that the universe can use those ingredients to mix up whatever it is that it delivers you it and it can be really tasty or it can taste like shit or it can give you food poisoning or whatever mm-hmm. um but you, you know Laura and I we have the and you we all have the same ingredient which is a husband and we all have <laughs> another same ingredient which is children and we have you know lots of similar ingredients and many of the same ingredients but they're all playing out completely different and they taste different they look different they sound different they feel different yeah 100 percent. it's um it's a really important thing I think particularly when people are starting to dip a toe in they're just like hang on a minute how can I have this and she has that and we're nothing alike and or even you know people will often ask me like well what about twins they've got the same birth chart how can they be so different and it's because it's the same ingredient list but it's going to come out different in everyone spirits yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's something really interesting in when you did my natal chart that I was so fascinated by and um, probably the only thing that really kind of threw me, the rest of it I kind of already kind of, it was beautiful to have a much more kind of dedicated love song sung to me, but <laughs> um, the, the south node and the north node was like floored me and I know I had a million and one questions about that. So can you explain south node and north, uh, north node, mm-hmm, please? Mm-hmm. So it's um, another um, two points in your chart that we look at, particularly in evolutionary astrology. 
And in evolutionary astrology, we believe that um, we're all reincarnated. And so the South Node represents what we come into this life with. And it describes kind of like our karmic baggage. Now, if I'm working with a client and they are not really comfortable with this idea of um, reincarnation, not everyone is, um, you might like to think about it as a kind of um, ancestral lineage or sometimes ancestral trauma. Generally, the South Node is not amazing energy that we come in with. It's like it's baggage, you know? Baggage. And hmm. It's baggage, but it's really comfortable baggage because we've been doing it for lifetimes. And so, Tracy, I probably use this analogy with you when we had our reading. I think about it like a pair of really um, grotty old tracksuit pants or Ugg boots that, you know, you should throw out. Like, they're so not nice. I'm and really glad wanna... I didn't because of COVID lockdown too. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to run into anyone actually wearing them, but you know that the second you go to the shops in them, you will run into everyone that you know. <laughs> or get pulled over. Yeah, yeah. But they're so comfortable and so you just can't part with them. And the south mode is that. It's these kind of behavioural patterns and these little quirks and these kind of long-worn um, ways of being that we safe. go towards because they feel comfortable and safe. Oh, that is fascinating. And so we come into this life with these Ugg boots, the South Node, and we can either continue to walk our path. We can do our entire life in said Ugg boots if we want to. Alternatively, we can look at the North Node, which I always think of as like this one thing that's in your wardrobe that you're like, I don't even know how that got in there. What was I thinking when I bought it? It is so not me. But anytime you slip it on, you feel kind of amazing and everyone notices and they're like, you seem really different, but it's like a good different. The North Node is like the stuff that you were meant to come here to experiment with and explore and learn. And so in a reading, I'll start to use the South and the North Node to describe, first of all, like why we keep making the same annoying mistakes that we always make which is the south node. <laughs> so you can see it there. Oh, okay. And the north node will be like, okay, so what if we started to reframe these decisions that you need to make in your life, leaning into the energy of the north node? It's like that potential. That potential. And it's usually very uncomfortable, very <laughs> foreign. And when I start to describe what it is, and this 100% happened with Tracy. And I go, okay, well, your North Node, your pair of shoes or your outfit is this. You need to be more like thinking like this. People have a physical reaction. They're like, oh, my God, I cannot do that. Blech. That is wow. just so not me. I really need to know now. I can't wait to chat off, off air. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's Leo, mm -hmm. which is Alaska, my daughter. Um, but um, which is so interesting because she she just like represents that that pair of red sequence stilettos that no thanks no thank you <laughs> no, I don't want to <laughs> I'm much more of a flat red there's no place like home kind of shoe rather than <laughs> a six inch stiletto red sequence heel 
but yes totally. yeah mm-hmm. I did ta- I did take a breath and held it while Emma explained my my north node the thing that's cool about the north node is that there's no pressure to like you're not going to not live a great life if you don't do your north node but you're probably we kind of theorize in evolutionary astrology be reborn with the same south node and north node again and have to redo it Mm. so it's just a really fun thing to start playing around with and when you start to make decisions from the place of the north node then it you just have this kind of sense of feeling very aligned and very in tune with what you were supposed to do I'll use myself as an example my south node is in Capricorn which means that I kind of cope with everything by throwing myself into work and making everything harder than it needs to be (laughs) and being really stony-faced and strong and thinking that I can't show emotion. That's like, that's what I've come in with. That's my kind of go-to when I get stressed out. That's my Ugg boots. And my North Node is in Cancer, which is all about really intuition and emotion and sensitivity and um, embodying a maternal archetype and for the longest time I used to say oh my god I would never have children they're like complete opposites and um, I was really really uncomfortable with the idea and uh, it took me a really long time to come around to the idea of having children and when I did um, it's just like something unlocked inside me and it was just like the most natural, incredible, euphoric experience. Um, and that's not to say everyone that has a North Node in Cancer needs to have babies, but <laughs> like for me, that's like, like it was Ingredients. just, yeah, it was unbelievable, like unbelievable. Wow. And like that's a really so stark contrast to where I had yeah. been. Mm. It's a good well, tool as, as you a were... guide saying that my mother's Capricorn oh and You're so back. when you use those examples um I knew what you were going to say in terms of how you were going to be in Capricorn how you're going to be in Cancer and I'm like they're the complete opposite but my mom and my sister um they have this kind of really beautiful relationship that is um they just know each other's boundary and mm-hmm. they allow each other to be themselves. And when one step in, steps in, the other one steps out. And when the other one steps in, the other one steps out. And they just let each other have the floor. Beautiful. So do you find that for you, you have to kind of, um, being that Capricorn and that Cancer with your South and your North, do you find that you that you tend to have to be quite uh, separate in terms of when I'm working, I'm working and I need to be this. And then when I'm mum, I'm mum and I need to be this. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's um, there can be a misconception with the nodes about like you start to lean into your north node and then you just like chuck out the Ugg boots and you want nothing to do with the south node. And we don't want to do that at all because that's a part of who you are as well. Um, so it's it's more a sense of like integrating that and saying, how can I bring this south node energy? How can I work with my Capricorn in a healthier way? And boundaries is such a great word for Capricorn. So it might be around you know, embracing this more maternal energy and being a lot softer and a lot more receptive, but also not being a doormat and not being a martyr. And that would be a way of integrating that Mm. Saturnian Capricorn kind of vibe into the cancer energy. 
Mm. So fascinating. And <laughs> you just used the phrase, um, you said, if you don't do your North Node. So mm-hmm. is that how you talk about it? Like I'm doing my North Node right now? Or yes. as in, if you don't do your North Node as in, if you don't find out your North Node? Um. No, I mean, that's just the way that I talk about it. Like I'm doing my North Node, I'm leaning into it. I'm, I'm like, I'm putting on the okay. garment of the North Node. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the nodes change the signs. Heels. Yeah, exactly. Um, about every 18 months. And so you'd have to be reasonably unlucky to not be able to find an accurate um, read on your North and South Node. But that's something that you can look up pretty easily as well online and kind of have a little explore. What about for cusp babies? Cusp babies? Um, I mean, I don't really believe in cusps per se because you can't really be in one, in both at the same time. You're either in one or out of one. I don't know. It's it's kind of a, a concept that I hear people use, but I don't know any astrologers that really prescribe to it. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. It is. Because I remember growing up, like my father is one of the first things that, because obviously me being me, these kind of conversations used to happen a lot when I was little. And I'll never forget learning that my father was a cusp, um, uh, Taurian and Gemini. Mm -hmm. um, And he's born on the 21st of May. And he's like, I'm a cusp baby. And so I knew what cusp was from the get-go and I used to always want to be on the cusp so I could have (laughs) both. So that's really interesting that as an astrologist, it's not something that measures. (laughs) (laughs) I want want to be on both sides. And instead I got fucking Gemini, Gemini, Gemini. communication. I'm not on any other sides of sides. I'm like not straight down the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I always thought that about my husband too because he's the 22nd of November and... um... I think people use it to say like it's a cusp date in that it could go either way depending on the year. But the Uh, start of the astrological calendar depends on the equinox, which is on a different uh, day every year, which is why the seasons don't always start and end on the exact same dates. And so it's really important as well, like if you are someone that is on a cusp to actually go and look it up because it's very possible that you are on the other side of that cusp. It'll be and one or the other. And ah. you have also been living a lie. <laughs> and if that is you, I really feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> so empathetic there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a whole lot of node talk that I had no idea about. I think when I was trying to research a little bit and get some background understanding on natal charts, I don't even think I came across north and south nodes. So that was fascinating. It's not, yeah, it's not for like, um, it's not something that every kind of branch of astrology works with, but um, it was certainly like a part of astrology that I was trained in and I just find it so helpful sure. and it's been so real in my own life. So um, it's, I think I can only think of one person that I've ever read for that's just gone, no, nah, that doesn't resonate. Wow. I'm just yep. like totally already in my North Node next excellent why are you here <laughs> <laughs> it was a corporate event so oh, comes okay. with the yep. territory oh wow 
fascinating. It does sound like a practical tool and for people that maybe want to do the work and want to, you know, work out certain things, it's definitely a good go-to place to do that. Absolutely. To start asking yourself, what would my North Node do? What's the South Node response to this situation? What's the North Node response? And you can start small. It can be like, what am I going to have for lunch? Or am I going to accept this invitation? It's fascinating because you've just built in a North Node, a South Node and a rising and all these other signs. And like you were saying, what were you just saying? Um, That we have all the signs in us, not just one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest um, kind of shocks when you start to look at your birth chart is that all 12 signs are in there somewhere. So lots of people probably have specific signs that they do like and don't like. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing um, a news story last year where someone (laughs) posted an ad for a flatmate and said like Capricorns need not apply or something. (laughs) 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 I think it was a Capricorn. I think it was a Capricorn they didn't want because I'm pretty sure that my South Node got deeply offended. But the truth is... Everyone has every sign represented in their chart. You may not have a planet in that sign. That doesn't mean that it's not important. Okay. All 12 signs are in there somewhere. And if there's a particular sign that you don't like, then that's usually a good strong indication that there's something going on with that sign in your chart. And I want to go and look at that deeper. Wow. When you want to look away, that's when someone has to forcibly turn your head onto it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Our triggers are our teachers, right? So true. So, so yeah, no, look, we do have all 12 signs in our chart and we're a mix and a special blend of all of those signs and where they kind of manifest in your life will depend in what house they fall. So in, um, in astrology, we divide the birth chart up into 12 houses in Western astrology And um, each of those houses represents kind of like a different area of our life. Why 12? um, To represent the 12 signs. Okay. So Mm -hmm. it correlates. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, There are different forms of house division, but that's the the particular kind that I work with. Yeah, makes sense. Most astrologers would work with. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, so every house represents a different area of your life. And so this is where we start to build in this idea that you can look at the chart and start to understand, um, how you are with money yeah, or, you know, what you're like in relationship or what your relationship is like with, um, your parents or how you kind of operate at work. Yeah. So it gives you more of a, a picture. You're building on that picture of how it all sits. depending on where things are for you yeah totally okay right that makes sense yeah and so the sign that's kind of like looking after the house will kind of define I I use this analogy which unfortunately is very corporate I know but I think of the houses as like different departments in a company and so the sign will speak to like what that the culture is like in that company So if you've got like a Virgo 10th house, the 10th house rules your career and Virgo is like, you know, very meticulous. This is you, by the way, (laughs) you have a Virgo 10th house. Me? 
Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So yeah, very meticulous, um, like very much um, kind of focused on working hard and also working on finding a solution mm. because Virgo is all about refinement and solving problems and like getting things done. Well, I am a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, Virgo is also the archetype of like the doula and the midwife. So that makes a lot of sense. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the culture of your department, of your work department, but you've got like a finance department, you've got, yeah, okay. you know, your home department and, yep. um, you know, what you're like socially and they're mm-hmm. all very different. Yeah. It's so very cool. So the houses are very interesting and it's always good to remember you've got all 12 signs represented when you start to go on a big rant about how you just don't like Capricorns <laughs> and you don't mix well with them. You actually do. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, So what about the planets as well? I know you've made mention of, I think it was Tracy's, was it Mercury? Yeah. What about the other planets? Because I'm guessing they all play a part and you've got a ruling one. Are there any other sorts of things about planets that is interesting to know about? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's inner planets, which we call the personal planets, which okay. really describe kind of um, our personalities on a more micro level. And then the outer planets are more generational. They move a lot slower. And okay. so, um, for instance, the three of us have probably got the same outer planets in the same signs. So, like, there's there's kind of less of a, like, oh my God, kind of synergy to that because it will be everyone that was born within that, you know, three-year period will okay. will have Saturn in Libra or whatever it is. Right. And the personal planets move a lot more quickly and so they're describing um, really the way that we relate and move through the world on a, a more kind of micro level. So Venus is about how we connect with pleasure and how we relate and Um, what our relationship is with desire. So my Venus is in Virgo, which is all about work. (laughs) Yeah. So I find it very hard to justify slowing down and doing pleasure for the sake of pleasure. Yeah, it doesn't feel quite natural. No, but at the same time, I get a lot of pleasure from work. But then the shadow side to that is that I'm kind of prone to burnout. Yeah. Mars is all about our kind of drive and our kind of masculine side and sexuality and our uh, comfort with being competitive and asserting ourselves. Yep. And so, so people that aren't competitive don't have a big Mars. <laughs> they might they might have a Mars that's in Libra, for instance, which okay. is kind of a not as strong Mars or a Mars that doesn't really know what to do with itself. Because Libra yep. is all about keeping the peace mm. and keeping things on a nice diplomatic level, which I know that you would know all about because <laughs> you're a Libra son. So you're just trying to like constantly like take the social temperature and and put out spot fires yes (laughs) and so you can imagine mars that's totally at odds with what mars wants to do mars Mm. wants to compete and assert itself um and so yeah that's what mars does mercury is all about the way that we think the way that we communicate 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, I could go on and on. But I'm sure you could. We're not going to keep you all night to go on and on, but it's really <laughs> I interesting. Don't, I don't want to, I don't want to drone on, but, um, hopefully that sort of gives you a little bit of a, a taste for, um, yeah, for, for what they mean. And if you start Googling about, you know, relationships yeah, and, um, you know, whether or not you kind of compatible with someone a lot of like oh my god you read my mind google will <laughs> talk um i'm sure we that's a common thing in this podcast right <laughs> yeah um google will tell you it's all about venus but for me personally mm-hmm. it's all mm-hmm. about the moon because the moon tells us what we need to feel nurtured and safe and it's about how we respond to emotional um, our emotional response to situations and what we need in relationship to feel secure. So if you haven't got that going and your your moon is not talking to their moon, then like, yeah, you're in trouble. It's like the love language. <laughs> it is totally, absolutely. It, it got me made. It made me think about my children. Like it would be really interesting to know my children's. Um, you know, you're always wanting to be the best parent you can be and give them what they need. It's not necessarily that you always know what that is or how to even relate with them sometimes. So it'd be interesting to have that another layer of understanding so you know where they're coming at or coming from when you're sort of butting heads, I suppose. It would be useful. The moon is a really great place to start with children's charts. And, you know, we really stay in our moon for a long time, probably the first 15, 20 years of life, we're really more moon than sun. Wow. The sun is something that we grow into because okay. it's more about the consciousness, yeah. kind of rational side of things, whereas the moon is, it's just how we react, right? So that's that's what kids are. Yep. They're just reacting to stuff. Absolutely. Even some adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of us. Yeah, lots of us are still walking around in our moons. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Mercury I think good. that's the nicest way you could describe adults. <laughs> I saw so many memes just yeah, in my same, head. Same, <laughs> Your moon head. <laughs> I always say like if you've got like a really strong moon in your chart um, or the moon is like your chart ruler that you, you know, one of the things about the moon is that it it changes, right? It, it sort of moves throughout the month. It changes yeah. in its light and its intensity and so you can be quite moody if you've Mm -hmm. got like big moon energy. But I always say, you just say now from now on that you're very lunar. Ah. (laughs) So. And so would that be someone that would be really affected on new moons and full moons? Yes. Yeah, for sure. If you've got that really strong moon energy, then you're going to be more tapped into that. Um, But uh, we'll all respond differently to every new moon and full moon depending on where it falls in our chart so every um, lunation will actually activate a part of our chart sometimes it will hit a planet and you'll really feel it and other times it will just like coast straight by and you know it's not really such a big deal for you so that's why sometimes like if you're on instagram you see everyone going crazy about so it how do you know what it's doing you got to see an astrologer. <laughs> so you get that mapped out so you know where you yeah, are. Yeah, or you, you can, you know, you can look up um, online the exact degree that 
the lunation is happening at. So it might be happening at like the new moon next week, I think, is it like 14 degrees of Virgo? Oh, so that's okay. Yep. Then you would go and look and see, do I have any planets that are first of all, 14 degrees of Virgo around there? Good God. Then after that, you would go and look at whether or not you have planets that are on any of the angles and then you want to go and get an astrologer because you're glazing over. <laughs> God, I just, it's, there's a, it's a like, lot. It's a science. It's just, <laughs> you need trigonometry. You need it's to like know trigonometry or something. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, the first <laughs> great mathematicians and scientists are astrologers. That's right. Astronomers and astrologers. That was all, yeah, it was all thing. one back in the day, wasn't it? And it then, was. yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's fascinating. So the new moons and the full moons, mm-hmm. um, how do they? How are they the same, and how are they different when it comes to astrology stuff? So in terms of like working with them from a ritual perspective, probably I would see them the same way that that you would work with them in terms of like new moons are a great time for setting intentions, yeah, and full moons are like a time of release. Um, so you can follow the light of the moon in the sense of the energy building and then subsiding yeah, throughout the month. Um, but one thing that's interesting is that every lunation will be really quite unique and that it will be making aspects so that the moon will be making aspects to other planets. So um, if you see people working from a ritual perspective with new moons and full moons that aren't really into astrology they'll just be like oh it's in um it's in virgo so like do some self-care you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and I've it will just be that. kind of like quite top line but then yep. surface level yeah if you start to look at it from an astrological perspective then you will look at all of the aspects which is like the relationship between the new moon and all the other planets and if there is a direct aspect, then that will give it a flavor. And some of them are your own love song. Yeah, your own love song. And some of them are, you know, um, more potent uh, and probably feel a little nicer than others. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and that's something that I always think about with full moons because people love to go and um, put all their crystals out on a full moon, right? To charge their crystals under a full moon. But not all full moons feel good and Mm -hmm. you're essentially like infusing the crystal with that energy. Right. (laughs) And like, there's a lot of full moons, um, especially eclipses or I'm like, I don't really want that. Like, I'm just going to sit this one out. Yeah. So it's good to, you know, make informed decisions. That's how I'm going to, um, explain away the full moons that I'm a lazy bitch and can't be bothered (laughs) well they're not all for everyone I don't think no it's it's a lot I mean you layer on all these rituals and practices and you you know you're very busy (laughs) (laughs) it's a full-time job there's always something to do which is good because it you know it's it's a good way to get you know in touch with different cycles and set up your your life but you've just got to really do what's right for you don't you definitely definitely so I have a burning question as an astrologist um which is your favorite star sign or sun sign (laughs) my favorite sun sign is Sagittarius why 
um, I just love their directness and their enthusiasm for life. And because you're married, I am married to a Sagittarius. Well, Eleven, you have to say that. No, not at all. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> um, they're just fun, and they're just so. They're just not anxious and like worried about what people think and they're just everything that I'm not and I love to be around that oh it's just um magnetic and charismatic and they don't give a fuck and it's just like so refreshing Mm. and what's the one that you stay away from that's gonna be (laughs) not a not a roommate (laughs) come on you gotta have one no there I don't have I don't have an unfavorite child when it comes to I call bullshit (laughs) <laughs> maybe she's just not prepared to say it on recording <laughs> I'm trying to think just trying to be diplomatic Tracy <laughs> I really I really am genuinely trying to think um if there's a sign that I just haven't had that much connection with I'm just drawing a blank it's really interesting that you say that because I was going to ask you before like um so most of my friends growing up and my ter- first, my first, my first <laughs> two children are Aries. Uh-huh. And then, um, and then I have um, in time had lots of friendships that were Aquarians. Mm-hmm. And then I am married to a Scorpio mm-hmm. and my daughter's a Leo, but my daughter is the first Leo that I've had anything to do with in my life that I know about yeah, and contact with many other star signs. But then in the last three years, so I've done a lot of my healing and stepping into my North node in so many ways. I've come in contact with Laura, the Libra and Shannon, the Pisces going up. Yeah. Right. Is that something that happens as you also like step into different, um, like if I, if I step into my North node and, become more of her and do the north node more um does it open you up to more I don't know does that make sense yeah no I think that it like this is just purely based on like my own experience I think that that absolutely happens like I think about my own journey with my cancer north node and around the the time that I really had a breakthrough with like uh actually I'd be okay with this whole motherhood racket Mm -hmm. um someone who is like got very strong cancer energy very strong cancer moon came into my life and she actually is a hypnotherapist and helped me get pregnant so like yeah that was like a very literal manifestation so I definitely Mm. think you can draw those people in but it is interesting like growing up you tend to gravitate towards the same signs and also um, yeah, fascinating I've never in workplaces as well. With a Sagittarius, as far as I'm aware of. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. If only you could put on your resume in workplaces. Like <laughs> we're looking yeah. for a certain mix here. <laughs> well, I have seen that in job ads in my in my corner of the internet. That is something that I have seen. Would you put it like if you were looking? for someone to collaborate with no doubt you would have your own recipe of who you'd be looking for um I mean I'd be very curious for sure but I don't 
um, I don't know whether I could actually, yeah, it's just a hard one to ask, isn't it? Like, I'm not entirely sure that it's legal. (laughs) (laughs) This is my anxious legal mood now. I'm like, I don't know whether we should do this, Tracy. And you're like, it's fine. Let's go. Just go for it. <laughs> Discrimination. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that. <laughs> I think, I don't know, if I had if I had all your powers, I would definitely be checking people out. I am I am intrigued, always trying to like suss people this- out. But like so much of it has to do with having that birth time and that's a hard thing to get without you know just coming out and asking yeah true yeah just come out and ask (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a and there's a fair amount of ethics and morals uh in entwined in what we do that we don't talk about very often but it's a huge part as a professional in this space that we have to consider at all times and it kind of it's at the umbrella of everything that we do and we're kind of in a time and a space right now where we are so much more legitimate and people do listen and do respect it and do understand it but we're also so filtered it's not funny yeah totally it's it's um I take my my job very seriously it's a great responsibility and honor to to write about astrology to read for Mm. people to talk about astrology and um yeah, it's not something that I take lightly. No, I, I think, you know, moving forwards, it'll just be used as a tool and, it, you know, accepted and acknowledged as just another way to um, gain information for yourself and for others. You know, it's it's a tool. Um, it turns out she's psychic. We love giving people tools and, you know, tangible ways to work with things and, you know, steer away from the the wooiness side of it all I mean you're never going to shake a, a label or people mentioning like wooey this and woo that but I don't feel as though it really necessarily is it's all just tools and information and if you choose to use it then great and if you don't then that's your choice too totally it's it's a framework it's a framework of understanding yeah making sense of life yeah yeah I think we're up to final words unless there's other burning questions Trace or anything else Emma you want to touch on I mean like I said I could be here all night but I I don't want to overwhelm people and I don't want to turn people off either by like just talking too much and just thinking god she just droned way way too much on no so no I think that that probably hopefully gives a little bit of a snapshot about my approach to astrology and why I think it's such a powerful tool. Yeah. And um, I get very excited when people are interested and, and want to learn more. That's us. I think you found a little cult following here. Hey, I, I may have one more question. <laughs> of course. Um, you keep refer or you have referred to, is it an evolutionary astrologist? Mm-hmm. What is that? So that is a particular branch of astrology um, which works specifically works with the north and south node in the context of it representing past lives. Right. And I kind of um yeah, this particular life path. The north and south node are also really important in Vedic astrology, so Indian astrology, um, but they have a different um, signification. 
on poor Trace, her connection is just butted her off her again. again. So <laughs> oh. I'm sure she's sitting there being most unhappy with all of this. <laughs> Damn COVID. <laughs> oh. It's just one of these things remote recording is just not fun sometimes, especially when you're her and you have a tendency to interfere with everything going on. <laughs> <laughs> she did she did warn us that this could happen she did warn us and um as the episode's gone on there were a couple of times we had to cut and paste and that's okay but if um if there is glitchiness of on Tracy's end please forgive us she stuck through it throughout the whole episode in her car outside her house in order to get the best reception and sometimes even the best isn't good enough so <sighs> we'll just um we love you, Trace. Thanks for what hanging out in your car. You're the best. Oh, yeah, poor little sausage. <laughs> it must be so cold in the car. I know. She's just, yeah, it must be. It must be freezing. But, Emma, thank yes. you so much for joining us on Turns Out She's Psychic. Thank and you. where can we stalk you at and get more of you? You mentioned it briefly at the start, but can you please tell all our listeners and guys, we will include it on the show notes, um, you know, a link to your newsletter or something. Tell us where we can stalk you at. Sure. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Emma underscore V double E. Um, or on um, Instagram at the wayward um, or one word dot co the wayward being my online magazine um, I also write a weekly horoscope column for Grazia magazine which is at grazia.com.au or I think graziamagazine.com is the US site and a monthly column for gritty pretty which is grittypretty.com.au so Lots of writing because that's kind of my background is being a writer. Right. Um, my books are closed at the moment, but if you would like to uh, go on the wait list for a reading, you yep. can join my um, wait list by um, going to thewayward.co. So www.thewayward.co. Sign up for my newsletter and um yeah, join the wait list to get a spot to have your natal chart read. Cool. Sounds awesome. I think and that's all. get a newsletter too. <laughs> and and a newsletter, of course. Yes. Yeah. There is that. So well, um awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to connect with you all. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure there will be questions coming in. So <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tracy, are you back to say goodbye or have we lost you forever and ever? Can you hear me over and out? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. There you are. <laughs> this is, oh, God, I just had it in my head and then it's gone. Um, <laughs> Emma, the carpenter's song, Interplanetarium, you know, when they start off with the, you've got to know it. You've got to know it. Um, I don't know where, it. Um, Ah, oh, it was in my head and now it's completely gone. Um, where they where they are broadcasting uh, aliens talking from another planet coming through. Wow. You don't know that song? No, but I'm like planet? getting off this Zoom call to listen to it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's so 
got it out of my head now. And I had it in my head and I was going to say it. And, and But I'm kind of glad I didn't now because you would have not known what it was anyway. It would have just completely dumped. Super but... awkward. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I think you were saved Thank by one so of your much. guys there. Been... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're going to just completely mind dump you. So like mind blank you so that you don't just fall and crash and burn. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been the joy that I knew it would. Oh, um, and I'm so sure much. our listeners have gotten so much out of it. Thank you so much, guys. It's been an absolute honor. Absolutely loved it. Oh, gosh. It's well, been stay beautiful. safe during COVID. Will do. And um, keep you and your little fam well. And um, yeah, try not to be too Capricorn yourself <laughs> and just <laughs> let your let your cancer rule at the moment. Yes, I'm definitely leaning into that cancer north node. Cue the astrology memes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Emma. And thanks, listeners. We will catch you next time. If you'd like to send us one of your ghost stories or if you have a question for me or for Laura, send us a Gmail at tospsychic at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at turnsout underscore she's psychic and over on Facebook at tospsychic.